News Talk 580 CFRA presents the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchaferro. And welcome to the show. Ready to go. We hope you are as well. Alex Luchaferro is back at it, answering all of your calls, your emails, your questions. You want to bring it on. Phone lines wide open here. It's uh, just eight minutes after seven o'clock, so we've got almost a whole hour to go through. And so lots of time for you to uh, to make that call. 613-521-TALK. 613-521-TALK. Get on this live show here again tonight and ask your questions about employment law. Maybe you're uh, stuck. Maybe you've uh, been temporarily laid off due to COVID-19 and the pandemic. Maybe you've been called back to work or you're not sure when you're going to be called back to work or anything under the employment law banner. That's what we answer here on the show every night don't be bashful it's always good to get some information i mean on average you're spending what eight hours a day five days a week there you spend more time at work than you do with your own family or doing anything else for that matter so you got to know your rights and you got to be educated 613-521-TALK is the way we'll get into what you need to know about employment contracts that is on the way but first a couple things i know you want to uh crack open the the can alex with uh, some week that was what do you got going on brother Hey, John. Thanks very much. Great to be back. It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, wasn't able to make the show, but uh, mm-hmm. listen, always happy to chat about employment law, about workplace rights, you know, severance, medical leaves of absence, uh, workplace harassment, you name it. If it has to do with employment, if it has to do with your workplace, we cover it uh, here on this very show. And as you said, John, this is obviously a live call-in show. We're here to take your calls, answer any and all questions you might have about your employment situation. So please feel free to call in. Don't be shy. There are absolutely no bad questions when it comes to your workplace rights. This is information that everyone needs to know, that everyone has a right to know. And listen, John, we, we speak to people every single day, people who thank us for doing uh, this show, for thank, uh, you know, thank us for informing the public on what their legal rights are when it comes to employment law. And our callers on this show are, are a huge part of that. I mean, no, ma- no matter how big or small you think your problem is, you think your question is, it's always going to be an important one. Because by calling in, by asking us questions, not only are we helping you and, and giving you giving us a chance to help you solve your own workplace problem. But trust me, you're going to be helping lots of other people out there as well who may be in exactly the same kind of situation uh, as you. So please, we want to hear from you. We want to help out in any way we can. It's your chance to speak with an employment lawyer. I could tell you, John, I don't know much about anything else uh, when, when it comes to the law or otherwise, but I definitely know employment law. So please feel free to give us a call. Now, uh, as you mentioned, John, to get us you know warmed up for the show tonight and for all our new listeners out there, we always start the show off with a segment we call The Week That Was. It's mm-hmm. a chance to talk about a couple of situations that I've dealt with personally over the cat- past couple of weeks uh, or even week. Actually, this, this first matter, John, is a lady, very nice lady I spoke to just yesterday, uh, and it has to do with maternity leave. And what do we always say, John, about... Uh, uh, about parental leave, maternity leave. We always say, don't mess with mama. You, got uh, it. you know, it's one of the most dangerous areas of the workplace as an employer. You do not want to play around with an employee who has gone on parental leave and is coming back from work. Uh, terminations in a situation like that are very, 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 uh, you know, have to be handled very carefully. And so this is an example of that. So very nice lady I spoke with yesterday. She's been with the company for about five years. She's in her late 30s in, you know, a relatively specialized position. She was in a project management position and she's been on maternity leave. She uh, had a baby in uh, in the fall and she was due to come back uh, to work at some point later on. 
um, next year. And I guess due to COVID or due to you know a restructuring, the company recently advised her that they would be terminating her employment. And so she got a letter in the mail from her employer saying, you know, hey, unfortunately, we have to let you go. Uh, we've abolished your position and we're giving you notice that your termination is going to be effective the day that you come back. Mm. Um, and ultimately, John, uh, if that is true, so if uh, this employee is being terminated because her position is being eliminated, it's not necessarily illegal per se. So an employee who is on a, a leave, whether it's a mat leave or any other leave, they yeah. can potentially be terminated as long as the reason for the termination isn't tied to the leave of absence, right. as long as it's not because of the leave of absence. But there are two problems here, uh, uh, John. The first problem is the company has an obligation if her position doesn't exist, to look for a comparable position within the workplace. They can't let her go without doing that. And so I don't know. We don't know yet whether or not the company did this, but they had the obligation under the Employment Standards Act to actually try and find the comparable position for her within the workplace. That's problem number one. Problem number two is the company is counting the notice that this employee received um, as part of her severance entitlements. Right. Uh, so they're saying, this is notice that your employment is terminating sometime next year. You know, we're offering you a package, and they did offer a, her a monetary package, but they're including this notice period as part of that package, and that is just also flat out wrong. When you are on a medical leave of absence as an employee and you've been let go, whatever working notice that you receive, and working notice is something that is that is otherwise completely legal right, but if you're on right. a leave and receive working notice that that notice counts for absolutely nothing and so this employee this employer has made two mistakes here potentially in terminating this this employee on a parental leave uh, and that is potentially hugely problematic for this em employer they likely owe this employee much more severance that they've offered again because of this notice issue but also if the company hasn't made efforts to look for another position for this lady then they can be in trouble under the Employment Standards Act as well. And so the lesson here for employers is be extremely, extremely careful when letting an employee go who is on a medical leave of absence or coming back from a medical leave of absence or, or a maternity leave for that matter or parental leave as well, any kind of leave of absence. You need to get legal advice in a situation like that from an employment lawyer as an employer. And I, I guarantee you, John, this employer did not get that advice. They've made a couple of fundamental mistakes here yeah. that, is, that are ultimately going to cost this employer lots and lots uh, of money. And we are now going to be assisting this employee to get what she's right, rightfully owed as a severance package and to make sure that the employer has complied with its obligations under the law. And I should uh, want to put that out there as well before we uh, we continue on. one 855 5900 1-855-821-5900. Your second matter is on the way, Alex, and we'll get to our topic for the night, but we'll take a f uh, quick break here first. In the meantime, time for you to uh, grab a phone, pick it up, ask your question. 613-521-TALK is the way to do that. We'll continue. Employment Law Show, News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero on News Talk 580 CFRA. 
And welcome back. You have time to pick up a phone on this live show. It is uh, 719 on your Tuesday. Lots of time. 613-521-TALK. That is 8255-613-521-TALK. The number to call through email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Alex, want to get to your second matter of the week. That was uh, just before we uh, get into our topic of the evening. What uh, what else you got going on, brother? Yeah, I do, John, only because it's an interesting situation. And again, one that, that just happened actually uh, uh, yesterday. And it's one, John, that has been happening quite often uh, this year. And particularly uh, when it comes to you know COVID and the impact uh, that the pandemic has had on our economy. We are seeing lots of employers across the board, uh, uh, John, trying to restructure their employees' yeah. salaries, their commission structures. Uh, employees are, are, you know, pay is being reduced uh, here and there. And this is one of those situations. Spoke with a gentleman yesterday, six years of service, in his late 30s uh, as, as well. Uh, and uh, it was effectively in a sales uh, position, uh, pretty much a kind of sales manager role, uh, making quite a good income. And in September, his employer came to him and effectively said, you know, hey, we, we actually just realized that you're under a different uh, pay structure than all of our other sales managers. So we're going to be changing your commission structure. We're effectively cutting your commissions in half starting right now. So without any notice, without any particular reason why other than what I just said, they said, hey, we're changing your commissions now. And that change, John, was going to cost uh, this individual about 25 grand a year. That's a lot of money, John. That was a big change to his compensation uh, structure. And you know, he was uh, very upset at the beginning, didn't know what to do. Uh, luckily for him, he only reached out to us, you know, a few days ago. But luckily, luckily for him, he made the right call and initially told his employer, hey, guys, I'm not comfortable with this. Uh, so just hold off for a sec. I'm going to go get some advice and, and kind of get back to you as to whether I'm going to agree to this or not. And the answer to that question, John, is no, absolutely an employee should not be agreeing to a $25,000 reduction in their pay, whether it's you know base salary or commissions, whatever you want to call it. If your employer approaches you and proposes to reduce your pay by a significant uh, amount, that is what we call a constructive dismissal, meaning when the company does that, they're actually breaching your employment contract. Even if you don't have a signed employment contract, they're actually breaching the terms of the employment. Uh, and you're allowed to say no to that. You're allowed to say, no, you're not changing my pay structure. Either you keep me on my full pay or I'm leaving with a severance package. Those would be the options that are presented to the employer. And again, it's a it's a lesson for all our listeners out there. When you are dealing with something like this, when your employer approaches you and makes a significant change to your employment, whether it's pay, whether it's your hours, whether it's where you work, any kind of fundamental change, that should be a huge, huge red flag for that employee. Do not agree on the spot. Uh, do not say anything, really. Just say you need more time to consider this and make sure you get advice in a situation like that. Employers are not allowed to impose those kinds of changes. And you need that support. You need that advice so that you can discuss your options and figure out how to move forward. Either you can remedy the situation with your employer and, and get them to stop doing what they're doing, yeah. or you'll have to leave and get a severance package. It's really one or the other oftentimes. You don't want to agree to a change like that. 
By the way, reaching out to one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. I'm talking after the show. You want to get a hold of Alex or a member of his team? One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. You can also go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That website is free. It is anonymous. A ton of employment law goodies on there for you to learn. There's even a section on disability law because uh, there's a lot of uh, crossover between the two sometimes, so it's always good to be schooled in that regard. And the severance pay calculator is also folded into uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Let's get to this. So what you need to know about employment contracts. Here we go. Why are they so, so important? Well, employment contracts are important, John, for, for the simple reason that you know they effectively govern the terms of your employment relationship with the company. They are the rules of the game, uh, so to speak. And so they can dictate what employers can and cannot do, what employees, for that matter, can and cannot uh, do. And oftentimes, there are you know, uh, quite severe, quite restrictive terms in an employment contract that will, you know, really fundamentally affect what an employee can and can't do when it comes to what we were just talking about, changes to the terms of employment, your position within the company, your pay, the termination of your employment and what kind of salary you're receiving or what kind of severance as well that you're you're receiving. An employment contract might also limit potentially your ability to compete after you leave an employer, what we call non-competition language. All of those things get included into an employment agreement uh, oftentimes. And again, they, you know, these are not just words on paper. These are, you know, this is a living thing that will actually affect how your relationship with your employer goes. So this one, and some people will be surprised with your answer, and uh, the, the the question basically is this. So you have two two things. You have a handshake agreement. Okay, thanks. Good good to have you along on the job. Or a big, fat, 10, 15-page, well-documented employment contract. Which is the better one to have? I guess the answer to the question, John, depends on, on what perspective we're, we're looking from. I mean, yeah, I think, I think yeah. you know, generally on the show, we talk about from the perspective of the employee, right? And, I, and mm-hmm. I think that's that's fair. So, you know, I'll start there. From the perspective of the employee, and maybe surprisingly to a lot of people, it's better to have the handshake deal. It's It's better to, you know, agree on pay, agree on hours, agree on maybe, I don't know, vacation and benefits, and off you go. You want your, if there is even going to be an offer letter, you want it to be as simple and straightforward as possible. You don't want anything in there besides those very basic uh, uh, terms. And if you don't have anything in writing, if it is just really, I mean, it's rare nowadays, but if it really is just a handshake and off we go, you know what, that's okay. And the reason why is this, John. The only thing that an employment contract is going to do, it's going to protect the employer. An employment contract isn't there to protect the employee, not at all. It's there to protect the employer. It's going to limit what an employee can do uh, in lots of situations. It's going to limit severance, as we discussed. It's going to limit potentially your ability to compete. Uh, all th- there are so many different kinds of provisions and clauses and paragraphs that employers can insert into employment contracts to restrict an employee's rights and entitlements. And so, you know, again, from the employee point of view, that's why I say, you know what, it's actually better not to have one. From an employer's perspective, our advice is basically the exact opposite of that. From from an employer's perspective, you absolutely have to have an employment contract, yeah. right? You don't want to be running a business. You don't want to be having employees uh, in your business without them having signed employment contracts. Otherwise, they have 
you know, way more entitlements, way more rights and protections at law than they would otherwise have. So again, you know, the devil's always in the detail and from the perspective that you're, you're looking at it from, uh, but, you know, from an employee's perspective, the less the better in an employment contract. From an employer's perspective, you want to make sure that it's kind of as robust and protective as possible. Just got a minute or two before we uh, take a short break, but I'll ask you this. As far as the employment contract is concerned, what happens if you're already working and your employer says, oh, yeah, I know what, I just need you to sign this contract because we never got around to it? Yeah, it's a great question, and it's one we deal with you know, on a pretty regular yeah. uh, a yep. basis. And it's important to remember that an employment contract needs to be signed before an employee even starts work. If your employee is, start, is signing a contract, even on the day that they're starting, to be honest, even that's too late. It needs to be before. If they sign it on the day that they start or a week later or even a couple of days later, that uh, that contract lacks what we call consideration, meaning the employee already has the job. They've already agreed to the basic terms. They're already working, potentially. That contract that they sign afterwards isn't going to be enforceable. So even if you're a 10-year employee and you're presented with an employment contract, it's really worth nothing if all that you're receiving is the continuation of your employment. In order to make a contract like that valid, John, and as we've discussed on the show plenty of times, I'm, I'm sure... Again, if you're if you're an employer and you're introducing employment contracts kind of mid-employment, after that yeah. employee has already started work, you need to give them something more than just their employment continuing. It could be a signing bonus. It could be a raise. It could be even you know something else, some sort of perk or benefit, but it can't be just status quo and please sign this. It has to be, hey, we want you to sign this and we're going to give you this extra little bit of something to have you sign. If you give them that, that contract becomes valid from an employer's point of view. If an employee signs a contract and nothing changes and all that they have is really just the continuation of their employment, that contract, I could tell you, John, isn't worth the paper that it's written on. And so it's a valuable lesson for employers. Take a short break and right back at it. Uh, More things and more information on the way when it comes to what you need to know about employment contracts. And if we have time, uh, we'll get to five things that employment lawyers can do that you probably can't. But uh, we're open to take your phone calls as well here at 729-613-521-TALK. Employment Law Show, News Talk 580, CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero on News Talk 580 CFRA. And welcome back to the show. It is 7.35, nice and early in the evening. Lots of time for you to uh, to make that phone call if you have some questions uh, for Alex at 613-521-TALK, 613-521-TALK. Maybe you're off on a covid temporary layoff and you're thinking how long is this got to last well get the answer make the phone call and ask help at employmentlawyer.ca and uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is a great uh, free and uh, anonymous website dealing uh, with uh, employment law rather and you can use that any time uh, you want to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca right back to it here we go what you need to know about employment contracts when signing these contracts, because if it's at the beginning of a job, okay, fine, very common for that thing to happen. What kind of things should potential employees be looking out for? Yeah, and, and uh, the answer to that question, John, is, is similar to kind of the points I was making before the break, which, uh, which is, uh, you know, a lot of times employment contracts will have termination language 
in them that is problematic for an employee. And so there'll be a paragraph that's titled termination of employment or termination without cause is often something that you'll see in an employment contract. That's certainly problematic because what you'll be seeing there is an attempt by an employer to limit their exposure, to limit the amount of severance that they are going to owe that employee in the event that they have to let them go. That is never a good sign, John. You don't, John, you don't want to see termination language in an employment contract. If there's a contract without any kind of termination language, you know what? You're probably 90% of the way there already. That's already a, a great offer to begin with. If there is termination language in an employment contract, you need to make sure you understand it. You need to make sure that it's reasonable. A lot of times an employer will try and limit an employee severance entitlements to the bare minimums. And, and those are the kind of the minimums that any employee would be owed under the Employment Standards Act. For a lot of employees, John, for most employees, actually, I would, uh, I would say those minimums are nowhere near enough. Uh, and so, you know, the, those terms may be uh, negotiable. That's might, that might be something you want to point out to your employer and potentially negotiate. That's certainly one and probably a very big one. Another clause that we, uh, I would say more and more nowadays are seeing in employment contracts, John, and, and I think this is particularly relevant given COVID, given mm -hmm. all of the layoffs that we've seen over the past year, right. and that is a temporary layoff clause in an yes. employment contract. Uh, a lot of times, and again, more and more nowadays, contracts will have language that say, you know, we, you know, you agree that if the company is, you know, uh, uh, short on work, we have the right, we, the company, have the right to temp temporarily lay you off. That's another problem in an employment contract because, generally speaking, uh, John, for most, at least, employees in the private sector, actually, employers are not allowed to lay off employees. There is no inherent right for an employer to be able to lay off an employee temporarily. That's a right that you of an employee basically have to give up, right? And so when you sign a contract that has a temporary layoff clause in it, you're basically giving up a right that the company doesn't have to begin with. That's you conceding something. That's you giving up something that you don't necessarily have to. So again, a clause in employment contracts that I don't particularly like, at least from the perspective of the employee. The other clauses I'll point out pretty quickly are, uh, you know, again, the non-competition clauses, the non-solicitation clauses. Listen, if you're going to be, you know, if you're in a management position, John, or if you're in an executive position, chances are there will be some sort of, or even if you're in a sales position, quite frankly, there's going to be probably some non-solicitation language right. or some non-competition language. A lot of times that language is unenforceable anyway, but again, that's not necessarily uh, something that you want to see in employment contract. You want to watch out for that kind of stuff. And if there's going to be that language, again, non-competition language in an employment agreement, you want it to be as low as possible, really. I mean, if, if a company is going to ask you to not compete for a couple of months, you know what? That's actually fine, uh, post-employment. But if the com if, if your employer is telling you, if we let you go, you're not allowed to compete for a year, well, then that's ludicrous. You, you can't just kind of sit, yeah. you know, sit on the bench and do nothing for a year, not not competing, especially if you've been in an industry for a certain amount of time. Those are the terms that you should be looking out for as an employee. Uh, uh, John, there are others uh, as well, but, you know, we can get into that as we as we get more into the topic. You bet. Uh, 613-521-TALK is the number to use to call into the station for the remainder of the show. I want to get to Jerome, who's done exactly that. Thanks for uh, standing by for a moment there. Jerome, good evening. How are you? Awesome, and you? Beautiful. What's uh, what's on your mind, brother? Well, this is 
something I, I maybe needs to be talked about. But anyway, my brother-in-law, probably 10 or more years ago, uh, he was working for a company delivering drywall and ended up trying to save a sheet of drywall and ended up tearing all the soft tissue in the back of one shoulder. So he went on to WSIB, and the company decided they were going to create a an efficiency position for him where he would walk around with a uh, notepad or a, a pad and a stopwatch and timing people to see how long it took to do things, and with the end result being that they were trying to find efficiencies in the workplace. Well, after six months of this, and because he didn't complain of any pain, they said, you're healed, and they terminated him. And when he went to WSIB, WSIB said to him, well, because you didn't complain of any pain, you must have been healed, and they turfed him out as well. And I'm just thinking maybe this is something that needs to be talked about because he can't, he can't be the only one that this has ever happened to. It's an interesting question, uh, uh, Jerome. An interesting situation. Was your was your uh, brother-in-law unionized? No, he was in the private sector. Okay, good. So here's you know I say it's interesting because uh, when an employee returns back to work from an injury through uh, WSIB, which is the Workplace Safety and Insurance uh, Board, that employer, Jerome, has an obligation. To reemploy that em- uh, that employee to keep them, you know, employed for how long? You mentioned it yourself, six months. So right. if you're saying the employer kept this employee on for six months and then terminated uh, him, if it was actually the full six months, Jerome, then there's actually, at least from the WSIP's perspective, nothing necessarily wrong with that. Um, they've fulfilled their reemployment obligation under the WSIB, and there's nothing really the WSIB is going to be able to do about that. Now, that right. doesn't solve the problem entirely, and there there are two kind of outstanding issues here for your, for your brother-in-law. Number one is, I mean, listen, if if they terminated his employment because of his injury or because of his medical need. Uh, or because of his, you know, need for accommodation in the workplace, if he couldn't do certain tasks, etc., that's a problem. That's potentially discrimination under the Human Rights Code. I- I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure it makes much sense. You know that they that they said, you know, he's healed, so we're letting him go. That doesn't make much sense to me. Uh, but obviously, we'd have to get into the details. So, but you know, there is an issue there. We'd we'd want some evidence as to what the reason for the termination was that's important well, well the thing is is i think basically what they did is they created this job to fulfill their obligations and they they kept saying oh if you know if, if you're if you're in pain just go sit down knowing that if he complained hmm. of pain all the way through and you know especially like if it was me looking back hindsight i'd be making sure my dog would be notified oh i had a miserable pain day today and stuff like that just so as you get a paper trail of all these, of all you had. So when you go back to WSIB, WSIB could not say you were healed and not 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 uh, honor their support for them. Yeah, I guess my point, Jerome, is well, even if that person is not healed, I mean, if it's if they're healed, then great. If they're not healed, then the employer still has to accommodate that employee. Um, but you know again it goes to this reason for termination if ultimately you know this 
you, you know, the position that they created was simply a temporary one, and they maintained this position for six months to abide by the WSIB's laws and, and rules, and then said, okay, well, you know, this position is being eliminated, so we're letting you go. You know, again, as long as that decision, as long as that reason isn't tied to this person's disability, there's nothing necessarily wrong with a termination like that, Jerome. And here's my second point, uh, and an important one, so long as proper severance is paid. And so if I can ask you, uh, Jerome, how long was uh, your brother-in-law working for this company? Would you know? Two or three years. Two or three years. Uh, Roughly how old is he? Oh, at the time he would have been... 45, okay. 45, maybe 50. Okay, and I imagine it was some sort of laborer position, or uh, perhaps not at the end. But, well, he, uh, he, drove a truck, he drove a truck delivering drywall. Yeah, so, you know, he would be looking at a severance package in the range of about, you know, three or four months in his situation, uh, and hopefully he received that. I don't know if, uh, you know, this sounds like it might have been some time ago, but, you know, there are two important points here. Number one, in the circumstances, he would certainly be owed severance. Number two, we'd want to investigate the reason for the termination. If if it was based on his medical disability, then that might open you know the company up to some liability there in the form of discrimination. But you know, ultimately, the WSIP the WSIB doesn't play a huge role here because they did keep him employed for six months. We have to look at those other issues. Uh, and certainly, if this happened within the last two years, Jerome, I'd encourage your brother-in-law to give us a call. We can discuss this with him, investigate, and if there is anything to be done, certainly we can assist him there. No, but I, what I'm looking at it from the point of view of, is there not, if, if I'm off a of WSIB, but I keep com- complaining about the pain in my shoulder, which is making it impossible for me to do any of the labor-intensive work that he'd done before, should that not mean then that I could stay on WSIB? No, not uh, not necessarily, uh, Jerome, although it does need uh, accommodation in the workplace. So if there is a job that that employee can do and the employer can actually employ that person, uh, then WSIB will not factor in. That person's got a job, they've got a position, they've got a role. But if the employer then decides to terminate that employee, maybe because they can't do the job, physically or because they're complaining, well, then that's a problem. But that is a human rights problem. It's a discrimination problem. It's not a WSIB problem. Jerome, appreciate the call. Got to run and take a break. We're going to get back to you to what you need to know about employment contracts. And uh, still got some time for you to call in uh, as well. 613-521-TALK. Employment Law Show. News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero on News Talk 580 CFRA. About 7.50. Welcome back to the show. A few minutes to go. you still got time to uh, squeeze in a call if you want. That is 613-521-TALK. In between that, we'll get to more of our what you need to know about employment contracts. We talked all about all the things that can be uh, written down in those contracts. Now, can they be negotiated? And I ask that especially if it's uh, if you're part of a job or at least looking for a job where you've been narrowed down through a bunch of uh, potential candidates and you're maybe top one or top two, I would imagine if they've taken that much interest in you at that point, you can sure as heck negotiate some of those terms in that contract, no? Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that, uh, John, and especially in a situation like that where 
you know, let's say you are the top candidate, you've gone through an interview process, you know, the, the employer, you know, is, is very, very keen on you joining their ranks. I think actually, you, you know, an employee in that situation, whether they know it or not, does have a good amount of leverage to negotiate the terms uh, that they want. That doesn't mean that they're going to get the perfect employment contract, not by any means. The employer is going to, you know, want to keep things relatively streamlined. They're not going to, you know, flip the their employment contract, do a 180 and, and, and make a completely different one. But, you know, something like, for example, your severance entitlements. That's something that oftentimes we see actually can be negotiated uh, and, and, you know, and, and agreed upon and agreed upon pretty reasonably. Uh, other things like, of course, salary, benefits, vacation, etc. Oftentimes we're involved in negotiating those kinds of items uh, as, as well. I guess the difficulty becomes, you know, listen, that's not always the case when you're, you know, when you're applying for jobs and interviewing for jobs. A lot of times there are, there are potentially more than one candidate that, that an employer is comfortable with. In a situation where you might be kind of one of a few employees uh, that an employer is, is hiring or employer is keen to hire, you might not have that uh, a leverage, right? If, mm-hmm. if you refuse to sign an employment contract, an employer might say, you know what, we'll just go on to the next one. Um, that's, you know, that's a tough situation. That means yeah. that, you know, ultimately you have to either sign off on whatever contract they're offering, uh, or not and not get the job. And that's a tough, a tough decision to make. You know, a word on employment contracts, John, I think this is the right time, uh, uh to say it, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to termination language in an employment contract, what we call termination clauses or provisions. The law changes so, so much when it comes to these kinds of, uh, issues and especially over the past year, the law has made it very, very difficult for employers to draft enforceable termination uh, wow. language. Termination clauses have to be very, very carefully worded. Uh, I mean, almost you know, to a word, it has to be perfectly worded. And if there is one little mistake with uh, a, an employment contract and the termination language in an employment contract, right. it can void the entire paragraph. And that means as an employee, well, you're actually owed your full severance entitlements. If the contract doesn't limit your severance entitlements, well, then your severance is based on age, position, and years of mm-hmm. service. And that's ideal for an employee. That's the, that, those are your full entitlements, as we call them. So, you know, if you're listening out there and, and you're an employee who signed an employment contract and maybe you're, you know, you have a, another look at it after the show and you see some termination language in there, don't just assume that it's going to limit you. Don't just assume that it's enforceable and you know you're limited to whatever that contract says. Make sure you get advice on your employment contract if you've been let go. I would say chances are the language in a lot of employment contracts that are not, you know, brand spanking new as of, you know, this year, a lot of those contracts are going to be unenforceable for one reason or another. So don't, you know, don't lean on your employment contract. Don't just take it for granted that it limits your entitlements. Make sure you speak with an employment lawyer to make sure uh, that that language is enforceable. And if it isn't, it might actually work out in your favor if you've been let go. And that's the thing. I mean, you, you got to think sometimes that maybe, uh, you know, an, an unsophisticated employer has just gone to like some sort of Google template for, you know, employment contract. Let me type that down. Okay. Print. And they've put it in there, and it may have no legal gravitas whatsoever. If if it's someone takes that thing and sends it to you and says, "Hey, Alex, could you have a look at this sucker I just signed?" It might, it might be laughable as far as you're concerned, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we do see that quite often 
John, especially with older employment contracts. And you're right, for you know less sophisticated employers, shall we say, that just you know picked an, an employment contract off who knows where. Uh, you're you're absolutely right. A lot of that language will be unenforceable. And again, the law is very very strict on these kinds of issues. Everything has to be really carefully worded in an employment contract. And and where that contract uh, you know runs afoul of our employment laws, especially in Ontario, the law will always side with the employee. They will always side wow. with uh, the person uh, who's been kind of subjugated to the contract rather than the person that's created that contract. And so, again, our laws are quite employee-friendly when it comes to these kinds of situations. So, you know, whether you've been let go, whether you're dealing with a situation at work and your employer is trying to rely on their employment contract, Listen, make sure you get legal advice. Don't necessarily take your employer's word for it. Don't necessarily take the contract's word for it. You want to get advice in a situation like that. It is possible that, you're, that there are some loopholes in the contract that can uh, mm-hmm. work to your advantage as an employee. Things that an employment lawyer can do that you probably can't secure a fair severance package. Yeah, you definitely need you for that, right? Yeah, uh, and and you know this might sound self-serving, uh, uh, John, but trust me, uh, it isn't. Uh, you know, it's very very difficult as an employee to try and negotiate a severance package on your own, especially you're having if you're having to deal with an issue like we just discussed, which is you know perhaps the validity or not of an employment contract. You, you know that situation just isn't built for an employee-employer conversations. You need legal counsel to become uh, involved. An employer will not take an employee's overtures about severance or, or you know many other issues, quite frankly, as seriously as they would if you have legal counsel involved. Doesn't need to get antagonistic. Doesn't need to get aggressive. Almost always, John, uh, and, and on a daily basis. You know, we we uh, become involved in situations very professionally, very politely on behalf of an employee. We explain the law to employers, and almost always those situations work out very, very well and and resolve. You know, again, amicably, uh, and 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 you know, completely professionally. So, you know, uh, don't be scared as an employee to get an employment lawyer involved in your workplace dispute. Actually, you know what? It will work out in the long run rather than you trying to ha- you know, resolve that situation on your own, perhaps without advice, you might end up doing more harm than good without even knowing it. And we'll leave it there for another show, man. Good stuff. You want to reach out to Alex now that we are uh, complete in this show. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca, 1-855-821-5900, the number. And uh, if you simply go to employmentlawyer.ca, the website, you'll catch links to our long-running television show there as well. You'll be able to watch that. And uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, a free and anonymous website. It's like having Alex with you at all times, all kinds of employment law knowledge there as well, uh, and including the several pay calculator again it's free but there is a contact button at the top right we'll catch you next time employment law show this is news talk 580 cfra